Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease looking to step up your mother's day flowers the home depot has an idea let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers pots and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios walkways and gardens right now get vigoro potting soil just $8.97 for strong healthy vibrant plants indoors and outside shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. It's 2.20 a.m. in the shallow, and you're listening to Night Call. Welcome to Night Call, a podcast for your strange days and lonely nights. My name is Emily Yoshida. I am in New York with a kind of frog in my throat. I'm sorry, everybody. And on the other line in Los Angeles, we have Molly Lambert. I'm the frog. And joining me (laughs) is Tess Lynch. I'm not a reptile or amphibian. And also today we have a special guest, Jack O'Brien. Hi. Uh, Thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. I'm a big fan of the show. And uh, I was saying before we started recording, super intimidated by last week's guest because I have not seen any ghosts, <laughs> let alone like 30. 
Richard Rushfield has definitely outghosted everyone here, but Jack is the co-host of the wonderful Daily Zeitgeist on How Stuff Works. It's a daily podcast that really, you guys talk about pretty much everything. We try to cover it all. And it's really awesome. Molly and I were lucky enough to guest a little while ago, so we are very thrilled to have Jack here today. We're very excited that Jack is here for our Star is Born special. <laughs> Wait, I have a question, star. Jack. How do you do a daily podcast? Because I feel like it's, I mean, it just seems like such an amazing feat to do. <laughs> just it's like, exhausting. Logistically. Yeah. yeah. We we were both came in this morning talking about like what we did for self-care over the weekend because oh, last yeah. week was brutal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I saw a star is born uh, for my self care and my. I feel like that was a lot of people's. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. My co host ate a bunch of horrible food. So, <laughs> what kind of horrible food? Because we do talk about that on the podcast. He, it's like fancy we, no, we have a, We are not supposed oh. to talk about the horrible food, though. Okay, yes, we gotta, we gotta, we, we gotta assist. know. Okay, but that was that <laughs> so was specifically don't. about one condiment. We I think. It. Oh, <laughs> we did done. a deep We're dive done. into that it. condiment yeah. on our show as well. Really, uh, you did? Yeah. But did, he, now he, we're talking about. I know. <laughs> just that condiment. Oh. Yeah. I just want to know what Jack and Miles we, think. We more did a deep dive on the article that brought it to everyone's attention. Right. Just did a close right. reading and tried to kind of get get a feel for the author and her intentions. Jack, are you Ooh. yay or nay? Uh, I'm in between. Yayo or Nao? S- <laughs> I am situational. <laughs> Emily, yes. you went, speaking of all the real news, um, Emily, you went to D.C. this weekend. I did. For I made the a very spur of the moment decision to go to D.C. Um, after seeing Stars Born, after having my self care on Friday. And uh, I had some frequent flyer miles to burn and you know I don't have no I'm not saving up for anything in particular so I was like what what are these for if not to go um be physically uh present at uh politically in a moment of uh despair and heartbreak so that's what I did I went to DC by myself and basically just for the day I had a return flight for the next day and then I was so exhausted by like six o'clock or whenever they were actually swearing him in that I kind of was like, I can't, I can't, I'm not, I'm not sticking around here. <laughs> I gotta get, <laughs> get out of Dodge. Um, and that's like also like even just walking from the Supreme Court to the train station to get the Amtrak back. Like I started to see like parties, like celebratory parties Ugh. happening. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> oh I'm getting out of here. Um, but I got there, I got in at like, um, I, I actually got to the Supreme Court where they were doing this sort of like people's filibuster thing where um, kind of the crowd was gathering and they had a megaphone and they were just like letting people take their turns, tell their survival stories or, you know, like any story basically about mm, not being listened to or heard as women or as trans women or as like literally anybody. And um and that started in the morning, and then once they were taking the vote, everybody went over to the Capitol. A bunch of people got arrested for, uh, like, going on the steps. Um, I did not get arrested. Um, 
I, I, I made the calculation in my mind that it was not worth it that time to get arrested. I heard maybe later. I'm not, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but I heard a rumor that the people who were arrested wouldn't be released until Tuesday because Monday is a holiday. Out yes, here, I know. heard that also. Yeah. That was that was that was what the word was around there. I mean, it was it was pretty crazy. I mean, I didn't go up on the steps of the Capitol building because I went to go get food because I was very hungry at that point. Um, but when I came back, everybody was kind of they brought like a tour bus, like the police had a like a tour, like a coach bus for bringing away, like taking the people who got arrested away. You know, it was like 150 people or something got wow. arrested. Um, it was nuts. Uh and then you you came home and drowned your sorrows in a star is born? No, before. <laughs> I know, before. I was like, yeah, I did. On Friday night I saw it again. Uh and it was great. Um I I love Star is Born. We'll get into it in a second. And I was also like, okay, I did my escapism like Friday evening and now I've gotta go. Cause I, I just anticipated sitting around in my apartment on Saturday when they confirm him and just feeling like so useless and miserable. And so in, in many ways, it was a selfish decision to go to Washington, D.C. because I was just like, if I'm at home, I'm just going to just start just start pounding the wine. And that's like the most depressing thing I can think of right now. So um, I'd rather be there um, and like around people who are genuinely pretty inspiring. Like there's a woman there who's from P- Planned Parenthood who is sort of like, she was kind of the person who was telling us what was happening as it was happening inside the Capitol building and inside the Supreme Court, like as he was getting confirmed and everything and, you know, being super real with everybody, but also like just so determined about like, this is not over, like we're going to keep fighting every step in the, of the way for everything. And it was just like, I was I was very grateful to be around that and all the very real emotion that was going on there instead of like, in my Brooklyn apartment <laughs> crying. Being sad about... I mean, I was crying there, too, but still. Yeah, but you were crying about Bradley Cooper there. Right. <laughs> How tragic. Thank you, yeah. Emily, for going to D.C. Yeah. and um, oh, whatever. It's like... With, you know, I mean, no, it, it was nice, too, for, for Molly and me, because, you know, you were sharing what was going on with us, and it was, you know, yeah. it, it does feel very isolating, I think, to watch these things play out. If you are not able to put your body there, it, you know, it's hard, because... I think I I definitely wish I had been there, and it you know it was nice solidarity sister solidarity yeah. Emily yeah oh well thank, you know I I mean I figured that that would be the reason I would share anything is just like that you know like there are people there who are fighting this you know or like they're like doing an action physically yeah. even if you can't and that I feel like is can be reassuring to know even if you can't be there so yeah um, well, but cool. anyway. Today's episode of Night Call is brought to you by Third Love, maker of bras and underwear for everybody. We all, well, not Jack, uh, recently got to try bras from Third Love, a bra company that makes the most sizes of any brand. They have 70 sizes, and they're based on thousands of measurements from real women. Third Love designs bras with breast size and shape in mind, which is great if you've ever worn an uncomfortable bra. You know how much that sucks. Their bras are super soft, they're well-made, and you don't feel like you're getting poked by underwires or chafed by cheap threads. 
You start with a Fit Finder quiz, which takes less than a minute and helps you find your perfect fit, even if your boobs are sisters, not twins. Besides looking great on its own or under clothes, I love that my bra was tagless, which is always a pain in the butt if you have a tag that's poking you. They're super light and they have no slip straps. These bras offer great support without feeling like armor. So the feel is kind of like a mix between a bralette and a sturdier underwire. It's just like the perfect thing for under a t-shirt. If yours doesn't fit perfectly, you can exchange or return it. No hassles with Third Love's perfect fit guarantee. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So today they're offering Night Calls listeners 15% off your first order. Just go to thirdlove.com slash call to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash call for 15% off today. Well, let's take a night call. Let's take a night call. <laughs> this is a night email from, I'm going to say anonymous because I don't want to get them in trouble at their work. All right. Dear night call, am I morally obligated to keep people I don't like or agree with around? I work for a Minneapolis home improvement company run by conservative white guys. In fact, I think I may have been an equal opportunity employment hire now that I think of it. Part of me wants to find a place to work where I can have arguments about things like the value of rap beefs instead of the value of rap itself. I don't want to live in a bubble, or do I? It should be said that this company has been good to me overall. I'm not leaving because I'm uncomfortable. More, I'm looking to try something new, and it's something I'm thinking about going forward. Also, for a brief time in America, hippos were going to be the answer to our food shortage. Happy night call. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jack, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think a lot about bubbles living in Los Angeles. And I mean, I I do think that there's some value to being around like-minded people because then you can, you know, motivate others and kind of uh, motivate collective action and uh, together motivate Taylor Swift to come out and uh, join join the resistance. Uh, But... I don't know. It's it's so tough if you're if you if you have to feed a family or just feed yourself and you're, you know, having having to eat shit on a daily basis from like somebody who just is you find soul withering to your very core. Like I've been in that position and it's pretty terrible. And I, I consider it pure luck that I got out of that situation i didn't like take a stand and you know storm out of the office or anything so uh i i think it's good that he's asking the question i guess and i encourage him to continue to ask it well it sounds like that he or she has an opportunity to to get go somewhere else like it sounds like the the decision to go to another job is already kind of taking place and they're like and, and if that's the case if you are able to get into another job where you're not enriching people whose values you hate, then like definitely by all means get out of there. It's like obviously very real that sometimes the job you have is not is not one where you are sharing space with the best people in the world. But and you know you got to look after yourself sometimes. Uh, I understand that, but like if you have the opportunity to get out, absolutely. Like <laughs> although workplaces where you can talk about rap beefs are overrated. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Well, I, yeah, I definitely think that you would, if you can finesse the segue between jobs where there's no dead time, where you're not risking being unemployed if you leave, um, then I, personally I would do that. But also I think the question also becomes like how how conservative are these guys? Um, for me, I think recently, you know, it's very easy to like if someone disagrees with you at all, just feel very allergic to them. Um, and I definitely have that. But I also I mean, are if they're truly terrible, like white supremacists, mm. then maybe leave. Yeah. I mean, regardless of what I, I personally couldn't keep going in that kind of atmosphere. It, so it's I think it's a question of like, are they kind of clueless, like never Trumper kind of like people that sort of suck, but aren't like actual racist, horrible people or are they actually like fascists? Well, they sound a little racist if they think rap has no value. True. Yeah. Right. But they, I'm also right. like they could be like 85 years old. Right. I mean, I guess it's like <laughs> if you need a job, you're probably going to have to work with some people who you don't like or agree with because right. that's what having a job is. But uh, if you can get a different job where you don't have to do that, maybe go for it. It sounds like you don't love this job or anything. And it seems more like the issue, for for me at least, the issue would be more, am I helping enrich people who suck less than, like, is my own tolerance for being around rhetoric being challenged? Because that's going to be life for a long time. You're going to be around people whose views you hate. But if you're... If you're making people more rich so that they can screw over other people and vote and give their money to uh, uh, candidates whose values you disagree with, then maybe, uh, yeah, that's another thing to measure for sure. That's a good point. Do you think that people have like a a moral obligation to try and educate other people about ignorance? Yes. Oh, God. Or do you think it's too difficult if that person is like your boss and you can't tell them they're being an idiot? There are subtle ways to do it, I think. Even if it's just by refusing to agree just to be polite, I mean, I think that, that that's something that you can do without endangering your job. Do you not think so? I don't know. Uh, this weekend, I got so exhausted, like, overhearing people trying to, like, calmly, you know, argue their cases to the MAGA people who were there as counter-protesters. And it, like, it was, like, so exhausting. I had to, like, leave the earshot of this conversation just because... It was bumming me out so much because it's just like it's just like running up against a wall over and yeah. over again. And it's really depressing. Like you wish that like, you know, <laughs> rational conversation could win out. But I don't know. I don't well, know. it's like when they start making me feel crazy, which happens a lot because it's like they'll assume like a faux rational kind of like, well, I, you know, you have your opinion and I have mine. And it's like, yeah, but your mm-hmm. opinion is like women aren't people. So right. we can't like. Right. Civil yeah. have a civil disagreement about this. Yeah, I feel like the those types of people or those types of opinions are getting to the point that they're so bad that it's almost indefensible. So, I mean, just making them defend it out loud at the very least will give you some peace of mind that, okay, well, I did what I could. Or, you know, you start a conversation that uh, eventually makes you feel better about where you work. But actually... Addressing it, it seems like more and more uh, just kind of being passive doesn't really work anymore. And that, yeah, I don't know. The the selfishness you were talking about, Emily, about like going down there because you 
felt like you wouldn't <laughs> like the feeling of staying mm-hmm. around is still that's the sort of selfishness that I feel like saves the species rather than destroys it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Be that kind of selfish. And I hope that this is helpful. For <laughs> it sounds like a yeah. unfun situation. Quick question, though, based on the end. If we were in a horrible food shortage and the only answer were eating hippos, <laughs> where do you guys fall? I've never tried sure. it, but sure. I wonder what sure. it tastes like. I would go vegetarian probably first, but it's cool. <laughs> yeah, but what if we need to eat all the hippos to deal with oh, the, right. the rampant, the hippo the rampant over, yeah, overpopulation? Yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. we got to do something with it. Yeah. I heard, heard about jellyfish, too. Jellyfish are going to be the big food source because there are so many of them. How do they have like any nutritional no value? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good, nice. I like that we both think that way where we're like, well, if you're dieting, then yeah. They've got, they've got calories in them. They're probably like those weird cellulose noodles. You they know? look That's just exactly like that. What I was just about they to like say. dry them out and pound them down. What are they? What's that called? Shiraki? No, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're talking about. Yeah. Shiritake. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. Jellyfish noodles, wave of the future. Today's episode of Night Call is brought to you by FabFitFun. FabFitFun is a seasonal subscription box delivered four times a year with full-size fashion, beauty, home, fitness, and wellness products for just $49.99 a box. Each box has the perfect mix of luxurious and practical products. We love FabFitFun here at Night Call. It can be really overwhelming with like the flood of products overall, like beauty products, skincare products, everything, um, to find what you want and what you need and what works for you. And there's something really great about having FabFitFun curate these um, really great products that have all been tested by them uh, to be sent to your home four times a year. It's also a really amazing gift. And again, all of the products in FabFitFun boxes are full-size products. There are no samples, so it's actually a really great value. The fall box includes, in every box, the Glam Glow Bubble Sheet Mask, and there are two of those. And I used that one already. It's really fun. Ooh. And I got a crown brush, six-piece brush set in silver or black of makeup brushes, which is great because makeup brushes are something I've totally been interested in, but wouldn't have maybe gone out and got for myself, but just getting a whole set was really cool. Many products' individual value is more than the entire cost of the box. So sign up for FabFitFun today to get your fall box. The FabFitFun fall box is in limited supply, and these boxes always sell out. So use the code NIGHTCALL, that's N-I-G-H-T-C-A-L-L, to get $10 off your first box. Go to fabfitfun.com to sign up and start getting the box for a life well lived. Use promo code NIGHTCALL to get $10 off your first box. That's over $200 worth of products for only $39.99. Go to fabfitfun.com, use the code NIGHTCALL, and you'll get $10 off your first FabFitFun box. You know what else is the wave of the future? What? <laughs> the past. Nice. Yeah. A Star is Born. We all saw A Star is Born. Emily saw it first at a film festival, and then we all saw it when it came out in theaters. Um, and Emily also proposed that we should watch all the versions, and so w- some of us did take her up on we that. We tried. They're I, all didn't, on, I didn't even su- succeed in that. They're all on Filmstruck. We, we almost succeeded. I did them all except the Q-Core because I've seen that one before. Um, Emily did the Q-Core. 
but not the seventies one. And yeah, I haven't seen that one. But Tess I just saw, saw the I new one. The William Wellman one, and yeah. Jack, how many A Star Is Borns have you seen in your life? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> just the one. Did you know anything about the movie going in? Uh, I did. I had kind of read up on <laughs> the the trailer has been in heavy rotation in the yes. Daily Zeitgeist offices um, to the point that when the song The Shallows actually came up, it was like this weird existential experience because I was hearing the full song for like the third time in my life, but I was hearing that clip for the 50,000th time <laughs> in my life. And so I was like, wait, where? it almost felt like it was like, clipped out and just like <laughs> yeah. pasted in um, but that scene was amazing it was I got can, I, so can I create a safe space for us to talk about the movie and just let people know that there may be spoilers ahead spoilers ahead I can't talk about the movie without spoiling also, this one no, moment of course. Tess wants to create a safe space for people who did not like the music in the movie whatsoever it's, it honestly is a space that is just intended to hold myself because I've read <laughs> all the reviews I know I'm the only person who feels this way but I felt that way I mean honestly what? I felt that way Why? and I convinced my husband to feel that way after working on him for a really long time. I was like, you don't you didn't really like it. Why did you do that to me though? <laughs> Why did you do that to me? <laughs> it it made me like cringe. It made me oh, I don't know. It's like it's it's hard because I'm like everyone else is feeling things right now and I'm just not. And the only moment that made me feel something very deeply in that film, spoiler, spoiler was uh-huh. when he wet his pants at the Grammys. <laughs> oh, no. And I, I, like, got down in my seat. I, like, hunkered down, and I didn't know, like, yeah. whether I was going to cry. I was just very, I was, like, really disturbed, and it was a good good it, scene. It's funny, because, like, having watched all the other versions, like, I knew that was coming, mm-hmm. and yet when it happened, when they, like, got up to, like, oh, I was like, oh, she's going to win the Grammy, and then he's going to get on, spe- on stage and make the speech, because that's what happens in every version. Yeah. Um, and then when he like wasn't talking, he just kind of stood there. I was like, oh, started gonna, falling asleep. He's yeah. gonna piss himself. You knew. You knew. I knew. I didn't know. <laughs> well, I was did just you know, like, Jack? yes, I did. There's, there's How? a lot of foreshadowing in that movie. There's, there's a, there's an actual shot. <laughs> did he drink early. like a whole bottle of water before he went on? Stage? No, he <laughs> as he sits down, he's like, I was trying to go to the bathroom, but somebody like rushed me down to the seat. Nice. I didn't notice that. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, they pulled me out of the bathroom or something. Whoa. Um, Foreshadowing. Molly, (laughs) how does that play out in the other versions? Like, what's that scene like? In every version, it's that she finally gets, like, you know, she's becoming a star and she wins a big award. award of her career. The award of her career. And he's won it before. And then he gets up there and just like like ruins it by being so embarrassing. So in well, the in first the, one, in the Q core one, he is like asking for work, which is really brutal. Ooh, like, that's almost he's unhirable worse. at this point. And he's like, "Well, you know, none of you guys will hire me, but if anybody you know of any studio, it'll take me." Like it's really bad. It's really bad. In the in the first one, he's like. Hey, they give out uh, Frederick March is the guy in the first yeah, one, and he's yeah. amazing. I he's mean, I think great. From yeah. watching all the versions, I was like, oh, this is such a great part for a guy. I totally understand why Bradley Cooper was like, what a great part for me, Bradley yeah. Cooper. Um, but in the first one, he's like, oh, hey, like they're given awards for best actor. They should give awards for worst actor, and they should give them all to me. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> he's like, give me the award for worst performance. Huh. You know, fun this fact, is, yeah. 
that um, the actress in it, oh God, wait. Um, Janet Gaynor. Uh, Janet Gaynor won the actual first uh, Oscar for Best Actress. Really? And she's, she's a real, I mean, you know, this movie in every version, I was saying, I think one of the reasons it endures is it's about just like a, a weird looking lady that yeah. a hot guy falls in love with. Wait, I have a quick question. <laughs> so is the first one really <laughs> Sorry. And he sees inside her soul and he's like, she's a beautiful soul. And everybody's like, why are you dating that weird lady? <laughs> and he's like, because I love her and I'm a drunk. So the fir- is the first real star is born called What Price Hollywood? No, that's before. But that's, that that's like yeah. lo- what it loosely is What Price based Hollywood? On. And there's all these real old Hollywood marriages that it's supposedly based on. What I oh. had heard was that it was based Based on Al Jolson and Ruby Keeler. Mm, and really? then there's other people who said it was Barbara Stanwyck and her husband. Um, but there's so many examples in Hollywood of like a star who started dating a starlet and then the starlet surpasses them. Right. That there are like a lot of people that I think are like, it was this couple inspired it. But the right. point is like, it could have been any of these people. Yeah. Um, it's a tale as old as time. Yeah, and I saw someone making a good argument of like, well, the first one, it's about all these different heights of fame in different eras. Mm-hmm. So the first one is like old Hollywood, and the second one is like classic golden era Hollywood, and then it's like 70s rock, and then right. this is whatever this is. <laughs> yeah, that that was a question I had. Why would they update it with a rock star when well, rock music is totally non I actually thought, because I was like, oh, it's a fantasy movie. Right. <laughs> where rock music is popular. But yeah. I thought they actually did a decent job with that by making him a country rock star. Right, okay. Because I was like, they know that he couldn't just be a rock star. Yeah. Because that doesn't exist. So like, And she couldn't just be a rock star. Like, she couldn't yeah. just be, like, she has to translate that into pop somehow. Like, she's like... T- kind of taking on almost Taylor Swift type model, right? Like going yeah. from you know singer songwriter legitimacy to uh, choreography pop type stuff. It kind of like, makes the most sense in the seventies one because in the seventies one he's like just a shit kicking like seventies like denim tuxedo kind of rocker guy, and it. then she's like Carol King basically. She's like a piano lady. You know, Mm -hmm. but it's like a time when a piano lady could become a rock star. (laughs) The only time. So that one is amazing because it's so soft rock and uh, the outfits are amazing. And then at the end, it's like all outfits from Barbara Streisand's own closet. That's the only (laughs) one where that's the only one where it seems a little bit like she's like happy that she that he died because now she's the only person on screen. Yeah. Um, well, and I was telling you guys the romantic bathtub scene in that one is amazing because they are surrounded by Schlitz cans, empty Schlitz cans with candles in them. <laughs> um, like the the meltdown stuff in that one is great because it's so 70s that it's like he like rides a motorcycle into the crowd. That's oh. his big fuck up. Oh and so the point is like he's not even failing as an artist. It's just he becomes uninsurable. Right. Because right. he's becoming like. He rocks too hard. He rocks yeah. too hard. He has too much rock star excess. He like shoots at a helicopter that's flying away with his manager Gary Busey in it. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> and that's the one that's written by Joan Didion and Gregory Dunn, um, uh. which is really interesting because there's like no no memorable lines in it. Really? Um, but also because Joan Didion and Gregory Dunn are a couple where the woman is much more famous right. than the man. So I thought that was interesting that they would it's write sort of, that movie. It's sort of funny that like both Joan Didion and Dorothy Parker have made their mark on the stars borns over time. And I feel like I feel like Lady Gaga has kind of similarly made her mark on this most current one, like especially given how much of the music that she wrote and worked on. Uh, which is sort of interesting to think of her in that 
particular line of succession. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about, we were like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's the movie people write when they realize there's no money in journalism and they have to go write a movie <laughs> like A Star is Born. Jack, did you have a favorite scene from this iteration of A Star is Born? It's probably The Shallows. Really? The, yeah. It's so probably. great. It's so Were good. you, like, really moved? I think it was wishful. Like, it was, you know, like the idea of somebody getting to a huge concert and then like getting pulled up and just like unleashing this song that's been in their heart all along and she sings so hard (laughs) like she's like she really lets it out she also does a better job of seeming like surprised by how good she is than than Streisand does who sort of looks like oh what I'm great at singing (laughs) who knew um yeah. I also it was like it was originally going to be Bradley Cooper and Beyonce, which I also was all like when that was on the table and it was going to be Clint Eastwood directing it because it's been bouncing around forever because I think it's in the public domain. You can remake it. Oh, um, but it was, well, the there was going to be a 90s one with yeah. uh, Winnie Houston and Will Smith. This one very uh, much turned into the bodyguard at the end also. Well, she actually gets a number at the end, which I don't know about the 76 one, but the thing that always leaves a bad taste in my mouth about the other two is that the last line of it is her saying, I'm Vicky Maine, or no, I'm Mrs. Norman, Mrs. Norman Maine. Ma- Mrs. Norman Maine, and everybody applauds. And like the victory of it is that she's like claimed by her husband forevermore, her dead drunk husband forevermore, which is like kind of a weird victorious note to go out on. And this one, like she doesn't have that line, but she's still singing about how she'll never love again. <laughs> <laughs> which is a lot, uh, especially considering I was trying to break down the actual timeline of this this most recent Star is Born. I mean, it's interesting to try to break down for any of them, but this one, because you because it takes place now and it hinges on some events that we know when they take place, such as Stagecoach and <laughs> uh, the Grammy Awards. So you can kind of figure out how much time goes by. You thought about and, this yeah. more than they did, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys are not on Twitter to the degree that I am about uh, Star is Born, but uh, Allison Wilmore from BuzzFeed started asking about, well, first she wanted to know where Allie and her dad live. In, oh, oh, in, I was totally preoccupied by that. Well, at first yes, I, right, I yeah. assumed Los it was Angeles. Queens. It looked like Queens. And then they were like, okay, we're going to drive on a motorcycle to Arizona. And I was like, whoa, 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 where are they? And then I assumed. Anybody thought that was Queens. That's crazy to me. It, to me, it looked like summertime <laughs> in Queens. You well, thought it was Queens because he was Italian. Because we all lo- know Lady Gaga's from New York because she never stops talking she about it. She never stops talking about and it. And so I just was like, her dad is like a New York Italian Queens guy. I totally Andrew also. Dice is like Andrew broadcasting Dice a borough. Yeah. Right. But then when they were driving to Arizona, I was like, oh, it must be Burbank. Because Burbank would make sense or Van Nuys because that would be where the drivers would live because it's close Italy. to the airports. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like she, they live in like like Altadena or Arcadia or something. No, that like, that was not that well, Altadena and Arcadia are very different places, Emily. Well, I know, but like up in like north and east of Los Angeles or like just east as long like because the the bar that they're in he's like driving back to Los Angeles after being in in uh, Palm Springs I will tell you I didn't realize it was Los Angeles until when they went in the grocery store I was like super a yeah I was like oh that's my grocery store and then I was like no no I'm just projecting because all grocery stores look the same yeah but then they cut to the outside and I was like it is my grocery store it's super (laughs) a 
See, I figured out it was Los Angeles uh, when you guys just said it like five minutes ago. <laughs> I was totally thought it, it was? thought it was Queens yeah, because that's where we put our Italian people. And that's yeah, so I was crazy. total. I was too busy looking for cues that he might piss himself to uh, <laughs> notice where the what the setting was. I decided, especially because he was country, I was saying I decided that he was Keith Urban. Was my I was trying to match him up, and so, since I don't know any country musicians, I was like, Jack, what? Yeah, well, also because he was from Arizona, I was like, well, you know who the most famous rock band from Arizona is? Alice Cooper. Oh. oh. They were a bunch of baseball jocks from Arizona Weird. who became became freak rockers because like, Frank Zappa told them to, to put monster blood on stage. Damn. Uh, but I thought it was funny that it was from Arizona, you know, yeah. everything about yeah. that. And the whole, like, him doing a Sam Elliott voice the whole time and then being like, a, you took my voice. <laughs> like, that was so yeah. strange that he specifically <laughs> said, you stole my voice when it was the thought in all of our heads. Yeah. So I guess they were like, might as well call this out. <laughs> I but thought I f- at first that he meant, like, he had, like, punched him in the throat or something <laughs> at some point. <laughs> that is a he valid alternate read. Like Ursula um, from Little Mermaid. Exactly. You stole right. my voice. <laughs> Eating yeah. the souls. I liked how just the first out. I mean, I really liked the first half of this movie. The second half, I had more issues with. It's, that it's were, a little boring. Well, I, you know, my yeah. issues were more, were kind of like that. I felt like they didn't fill in that heart. The sort of like selling your selling your soul part of it. Of like, I was like, the lyrics aren't really di- that much better or worse in the pop songs than they are in the rock songs. It's kind of all the same. It's kind right. of you know, like if they were trying to imply that the pop songs are bad, I felt the same way in La La Land where they were like. Here's the sellout song that like people who've sold out do, but then it was John Legend, and you right. were like, John right. Legend like can't make a song seem bad. You right. know that right. that's that's a total failure that part in that movie. And uh, that part in that I, movie, you're like, oh, I wish John Legend were playing the Ryan Gosling right, part. Exactly. And, like, maybe this movie would make sense. Yeah. Um, but, but I I do think that musically the the pop songs are not as good. <clears throat> like lyrically, whatever. It's all like inspirational pop music lyrics. I think I think that you cannot deny that musically is something like shallow is better than why did you do that to me? <laughs> what you what you walk around what with an ass do? like walking that? Around with an ass like that? Why exactly. you walk around, boy boy? What you doing with an ass like that? <laughs> yeah yeah. Well. What I loved about the first hour, though, is like it was all just like close-ups of people's faces. It was yes. like you like a good face. Movie. I like a good face movie. <laughs> That's what actors bring when they direct. Is all they care about is like actors' faces, really close up. Very tan face on very Bradley tan Cooper. face. Lady Gaga's face, which Tess has some issues with. I also did. There, it's. it's I didn't little... notice the fillers until really? you guys pointed it out, and I saw it. Once the you see, I you cannot see. Once you notice the bunny lines. Bunny lines yeah. is when you get Botox in your forehead and you can't move your forehead. So when you try to move your forehead, there are like these little squinchy lines on your nose instead. Yeah. Like when a oh. bunny's like bunny scrunching up their nose. nose. I, I heard about scrunch. it for the first time through like Nicole Kidman because she had it mm. really bad. Yeah. But it's like a thing you notice yeah. where it's like somebody tries to move their face and it can't move where it's supposed to move. So it goes somewhere else. In one of the reviews of A Star is Born that all of the reviews I read were positive. I could not find a good like a solid negative review to cling to. And I had to admit that I liked this movie a lot more than I thought I would going into it. <laughs> but um, in one of the movie reviews that was slightly critical, they were like, she can't move her eyebrows. So she does all of this acting with her eyelids. And it's like you have to acknowledge she she does does a great job of compensating. Like she's doing some eyelid acting that's kind of next level. So you have to give it up. But I do. I wish like I I like 
I mean, part of what's appealing about this character is that it's a character who refuses to change her face. And so it's a little hypocritical when, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty good at spotting these things. Where I'm like, I just wish she hadn't done anything to her face. Well, we were saying this, too, and I was like, but real Lady Gaga, like, didn't change her nose but put other stuff in her face, so... Up for debate. Up for debate. And in my mind, because I was justifying all of this, I was like, well, because she is a waitress in Queens where this movie takes place. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, she's a, you know, who knows, maybe she, like, sprang for the Botox with her bonus or something. Well, that's another reason why it was, like, hard to believe it was L.A. is because a lot of people do wait tables down town for sure but it's way more likely that she would have been waiting tables and living in the valley you're not going to commute from Burbank or Toluca Lake or Arcadia or Altadena as Emily thinks to downtown when you could just as easily get a job at a local restaurant I think it was thing. supposed to be any town USA I don't think it was supposed to be Los Angeles I think we all just knew it was Los Angeles because there were context no, clues yeah, clearly okay. Los Angeles I mean like what like Queensbridge baby he lives like no, why would how would her dad get to to you know to the house and everything? They just like live on the opposite sides of Los Angeles. He well, lives, this is like I can't picture. Even though I know Andrew Dice Clay lives in the Valley, it's hard for me to picture him. I know. Here. It's, oh that's come on! It. No, this is what I was saying. It's like it's not unrealistic that a bunch of like like a bunch of like guys from Queens would like come out to Los Angeles to fulfill one guy's Sinatra dreams like it's like entourage and then they all ended up being drivers no it makes sense it makes sense I love the idea that they're old entourage yeah Yeah, no it is old entourage it's like downer 70s ending entourage where they all just became drivers and like and like bragged about the famous people that they got to drive please give us your (laughs) thoughts on where exactly Andrew Dice Clay and his friends are living in A Star Is Born give us a call at 240-46-NIGHT or you can email us at nightcallpod at gmail.com. Should we take another night call? Let's take a night call. It's a night email. Uh, Here's a night call that comes from Casey. I was catching up on an episode from last month and Emily was talking about the injustice of animal lifespans and how there was no rhyme or reason to them. I remembered reading an article once that said mammals all get about the same number of heartbeats before they die, around a billion. Ones with slower heartbeats just live longer because it takes longer to hit their heartbeat limit. Somewhere else I saw that chickens get about 2 billion beats on average, though, so they definitely get a better deal than most animals. Happy night call. It's a very sad night call, in fact. I think it's an uplifting night call. It depends on how you think about it. It's kind of beautiful, but I can't believe that. If we can slow our heartbeats down, we could live forever. I think that's why meditation might be the trick. Oh, because meditation slows your heart rate. Mm -hmm. If we agree that chickens deserve to live longer than our loved ones. That was a, a, <laughs> a good email. We were talking recently about how chickens have do have a strangely long lifespan. Like they stop laying eggs and then just kind of go on longer than you would expect. Hmm. I've been eating a lot of chicken recently thinking about this because I'm like they just it would be a horrible overpopulation problem. They're very, they're temperamental. You're look, Molly's looking at me like she's no. Just I was so just thinking about keeping this. like a yard of hippos. Oh, <laughs> like, good a, job like a hippo one. coop. Yeah. Do, how many beats per second do it does like a like a a, a bug's uh, heartbeat? A bug's life. A bug's I don't know, life. That's a good lasts. question. Tough, how about lizards? 
Well, I just, I don't know if anybody saw the, there was a viral video about a tegu, a lizard named, named Winston, who was a tegu. Maybe not. Nobody, no. nobody. <laughs> All right, so this tegu, tegus are very intelligent lizards that can be trained to use a litter, litter box or respond to a clicker and do commands. And there was a video about a woman who uh, had a tegu named Winston and he like sought human contact. And she was like, at, like, I thought he was just seeking heat because I'm a heat source. But then it would be like warm enough in the house or he would leave a heat source to come visit her and he would like climb up on her shoulder and nuzzle her so I was at a birthday party over the weekend and there was a tegu and the guy was like this is the best lizard you can get and I think that they live like 15 to 20 years and then chameleons there's a huge range some species of chameleon live um, like two to three years and others can live up to 10 I had a chameleon who lived to be nine does that mean a tortoise has the slowest heartbeat it's a good well. That's a good question because they Cute. they are one of the longest lived uh, creatures, and they do. I think the sulcata tortoise lives between like seventy and a hundred years, maybe even older. I think it's hard to tell. And who dies point. really fast? Like a fly? Yeah, mayflies yeah. have like twenty four hour the, lifespans. Yeah, just, you know, I've wondered if they like subjectively, from their perspective, we're like as slow moving as trees are to yeah. us because Ooh. they're because our lifespans are so much longer. Yeah. And I've decided we aren't. <laughs> <laughs> what about hummingbirds? Don't hummingbirds have to, like, they have a really, very really fast, fast heartbeat. And yes. so do bats. We'll get into the whole thing with bats at some point. Bats, almost all bats have rabies, I read. Really? Yeah. Got to be careful oh. of the bats. There's what? a bat in your house. Okay. You might even need I thought there was no reason to be afraid of bats. I thought that that was all, like, just superstition or something. No, man. This comes from the Legal Advice Reddit, and they say that if you, like, bats can bite you when you're sleeping, you might not even know. And, like, such a huge percentage of bats have rabies. And I love bats, so it's hard to hear. Yeah. Why did so you I become Batman, this? right? Yeah. That is, yeah, exactly. You, you either get rabies Batman. or turn into Batman. Roll the dice. <laughs> Roll the dice. <laughs> or, like, a vampire. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And worse than that is that bat guano, if there's a lot of bat guano in your house, for instance, then the particles, you can get respiratory infections that can kill you. Oh, it's gosh. all on legal advice Reddit, I'm just saying. <laughs> Why uh, is it on legal advice Reddit? It's the best Reddit ever. Can you because sue you can the bats? <laughs> this is about um, whether it, it's a, it was a condemned house question. It should oh. the house be condemned? And uh, does, the, does the family, whatever. It, it, was, it was a long, long post. It was up late thinking I feel like there one. must have been a house episode about getting respiratory illness from bat guano. Oh, <laughs> for better. sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, um, Jack, are you familiar with the murder board? I am, yeah. Jack's okay. I'm a fan. He's a devout listener. Okay. Jack is a night bat, <laughs> <laughs> which is what we call our fans as of right now. Night bats. Hashtag night, night bats. Night bats. Yeah. <laughs> night gang. We so call we our fans a- night gang. <laughs> <laughs> We had um, we had a call from a listener who is a woodworker who was being asked to make an Ouija board from wood that had been sourced from a house in which there was a grisly murder, um, I guess, within the last couple of years or something. Uh, and it was a big moral quandary that we were sorting through. And uh, he, uh, I guess, eventually decided to make it, uh, to take the money, which apparently was not as substantial, and to make the murder board. So we have an update uh, from him about the murder board. He sent a photo. Two photos. Two photos. He had said there was some discoloration in the wood, a dark spot that he wasn't sure if it was blood or not. 
It's it's blood. It, it very <laughs> much appears to be blood. We looked at it and we were like, mm, that's blood or ketchup. No, Those are the only things that could be. It it's is 100% blood. It is 100% blood. And he was like, nothing bad has happened yet, but I've been having really dark dreams all the time. That's how they get you. That's how it starts. See, I told you not to do it. He did also promise to keep us posted and let us know when he's finished and send us pictures he of the... He seemed a little bit like he was having second thoughts, though. Oh, you think? I mean... I don't know. You guys are the mm. one who were like, do it, do it, do I'm it. I'm happy he's doing just it. Just see what happens. Mm. Just let that Just let that little cutie bat bite you. <laughs> gotta be brave, I gotta be bold. The thing with friend. this is I can't tell what's... Like it, it looks like ketchup. It's so drizzly and weird. Like it looks like steak sauce. I mean, um, it does look comically like blood. That's the thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like there's. It looks like like a, a something from the set of Dexter. Like right. like splatters that you could try. They use real eat. blood on that show. I don't know if you knew that, Emily. Ooh, it looks like, like animal no, blood. Nah, no, JK. Blood. You. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Is this pre – he hasn't uh, started carving it yet? He's in the process. Okay. Yeah, this is like a work-in-progress shot. Um, yeah, and then I'm really excited to see what it looks like when it's done. Yeah. I mean, he's already been damned by that, starting yeah. the project, yeah, so there's the no point. Right now. I want to know about his dreams. Oh, yeah. Uh, please tell us more about your dream. We need more detail. We should have more episodes about dreams in general. Like yeah, tell dream us some. Ask us your dream questions. Because I've been having some freaky dreams lately, but I feel so, like we're getting to I the end like of this I feel like a lot podcast. of people have been having really yeah. scary dystopian dreams because we live in a hell world. Yeah. yeah. What do you um, think, Jack? Yeah, it seems like blood. Yep. <laughs> it seems like a, an actual murder took place on top of that board yeah. because there is like some drizzle that looks like it could be you just Google Google image search blood splatter but, but then there's like also this house but like, then there's like a big splotch that is like i don't know it looks like there was pooling there and uh i don't know that that convinced me pooling and i am an expert language. yeah jack <laughs> not at all would you tell the guy to make the murder board or no no i think it's a very bad decision wow. it is <laughs> it is like welcoming a bat bite Thank onto you. your soul one vote for <laughs> i mean but i would tell him to do it because I'm curious to see what happens there to him. <laughs> I would not do it, I guess. Do is it the for way the to... schadenfreude. Yeah. I like how all of our questions are like, should I give up my livelihood because I'm going to be... <laughs> right. <laughs> if I might like be cursed. Right. <laughs> We're cursed already. Newsflash, we are all cursed. We all might economy. be cursed by yeah. proxy, by encouraging. Yeah. Or, yeah. The it's gig economy happened. is a curse. That's true. Can I ask one question of everybody? What's your favorite romantic movie? Was anybody a Titanic person? Because I was definitely not. I'm, I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not into the romance in Titanic. I'm into everything else about Titanic. <laughs> You're into the the I'm infrastructure into the failing. I'm into the infra. Yes, I am. Um, I mean, the romance is between the ship and the glacier. <laughs> it's true. They're drawn they together. Can't touch. Um, you love Moulin Rouge, though. I will. I I like I like Moulin Rouge and I like I like Romeo and Juliet I like Dos uh, Baz Luhrmanns uh, I I I'm a big Wong Kar Wai sucker He's oh, probably yeah. my most romantic filmmaker and I probably like um, I mean like Fallen Angels is not like a happy like nobody ends up together in Fallen Angels but that one definitely is like a mood uh, that I appreciate How about you Jack? Hmm. 
I, I really liked Notting Hill when I saw it. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Sure. But I, I, I liked that a lot. You're just a girl standing in front of a, a hill. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. What uh, about you, Molly? I love that Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet so it's much. It's so a good one. Um, I love Dr. Zhivago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I also love Reds. Reds is my favorite. Reds is great. Tragic, long romance. Um, very good. Check it out. It's very timely. Yeah. <laughs> Tess, how about you? I like Punch Drunk Love. Oh, great answer. Oh, yeah. Answer. oh yeah, that's totally you win. My... I was, yeah. I was just waiting. Answer. I was like, I'll go last. I'll go last. Uh, my, mine's Punch Drunk Love, actually. Yeah, we actually yeah. all change our answer Punch right Drunk now. Love, actually. There is. <laughs> that's also a good one. Love, actually, not actually my favorite <laughs> Um Well, I think that does it. Well, thank you very much, Jack, for joining us today. And thank for you guys so much in. for having me. That does it. Should Thanks we all again sing? To Jack. Wow. Did 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 Lady Gaga just walk into the studio over um, there? her name is Allie. Allie. <laughs> and it's very and gentlemen, Allie. It's yeah. very Alec confusing Baldwin. when she becomes a pop star and then she's not Lady Gaga and I think they should have made her blonde. That's my last They thought. absolutely her hair was terrible in this film. Uh, the most romantic part of the movie? The eyebrow. The yeah. eyebrow. Yeah. That is the yeah. best. It made me be like, I like this movie. It's a good yep. movie. It's just people looking at each other in the face. Do you yep. think they came up with the eyebrow thing just because she couldn't move her eyebrows? And so they were like, That's such a good let's point. paste oh. some on yeah. and therefore not draw attention to it. Bradley <laughs> Cooper, email us. Yeah, <laughs> really, he coops. Now that you said that, I keep thinking because that shot of when he when she lies on the stage and they like zoom in on her eyelids and she's like, eyelid. Yeah. <laughs> See? Well, on that note, guys. Goodbye, Brow. Goodbye, And of course, bro. if you're enjoying the podcast, please review, rate, subscribe. I don't remember if I already said that, but it bears mentioning twice. And we will see you next week. Thanks again to Jack O'Brien from the Daily Zeitgeist. Check it out on How Stuff Works, on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. It's really great, and it's every day. So props to him. And, and give us a call at 240-46-NIGHT, or you can send us an email at nightcallpodcast at gmail.com. Do so that, everybody. <laughs> Tell see us. you next time. We're far from the shallow now. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.